Hi everyone and welcome to the Backstreet Boys. This week is our European Championships preview. Woo-hoo! I can't wait. <laughs> I'm Jody. I'm Bayo. And I'm Claire. And we're the Backstreet Boys. The only podcast. And oh, and girl. girl. I was like, why is he gesturing at me? <laughs> Setting you up. Oh, which is actually perfect timing because what I was going to say is that we have to be the only podcast who, during their planning meeting for a recording session, realised that we need to get more men on the pod. I know, it's so <laughs> sexist. It's brilliant. There is such parity in athletics, but it's actually going in the other direction in our pod. Hi, I'm Cathy Freeman. And you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. No. So this week, um, the major thing that's going on is obviously this weekend coming up is going to be the European Championships. It's going to start. And we had the team selection last week. It came out a little bit late. They needed extra time to ponder for some reason. So it was supposed to come out on the Monday, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. So yes. anyway, it, it, we, we got it. And for once... I didn't find myself screaming at Twitter. I didn't feel, my, feel myself shouting at things. Well, I think I, I, I wrote that on, much controversy. I wrote on Twitter, hard to get upset when the world and your wife has been um, <laughs> when the world and your wife has been selected, oh, which I is true. That. It's a hundred and two people, hundred and four people. Um, now we always complain about like not taking people. We always say we want full teams. I'm going to confess here. When I saw the team, I did think, ooh, may have gone a bit overboard. I know exactly what you mean. To me, what's frustrating is they don't take athletes to some championships, and we've seen so many empty roster spaces in the past, but now they're taking everybody, and I don't understand why that is. Also, the, the, Charleston Comedy always used to have this thing where he said he didn't want to take full teams. He wouldn't want to take what he would say, like, no hopers or something, because it set a bad precedent at the um, beginning few days when people were going out in the first rounds. And whilst I agreed with him, I just thought things like a home Olympics... I don't care if you go. Also, well, he took it to extremes. That's my point. Um, something like a home Olympics, you take everyone you can because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. Here, a, a European Championships in Berlin, which means we can fill the spots because we've got the qualified athletes. I can't help thinking, even that if that's the case, there is going to be a lot of people who don't necessarily do much, and that could have a bit of a knock-on effect. My, my major problem before has always been like a really big. You don't ruin someone's Olympic hopes, you know. I, yeah. I think Europeans, I'm less less concerned. About. I haven't studied the team in depth but I'm wondering whether they feel the places I think this is part of the, the criteria with young up in people oh, totally, yeah. to give them experience so, I mean I think if we went and looked through every single event I think that's probably what they've done um, in which case let's applaud it because it's something we always complain about this time we're going to have someone to shout about in practically every yeah. event um, the one thing that, where there was a billion people is in the relays Absolutely mad. <laughs> nine people selected. Nine. Le- but we know why, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Well, so it's the clash just, of yeah, individual so and relay. It's a heat. total absolute mess. I do not know who allowed this. But for example, I do because I emailed European Athletics. Really? What did they say? So I emailed did they Yeah. Didn't give me an answer. Um, I emailed <laughs> I first. Of all, I emailed the organising committee because they come up with the timetable. They said, "Oh, you um, email European Athletics because they're the ones who have to agree the timetable." So that's what I did. And they came back with this just this bullshit answer about, "Well, it was decided that it was a good." I mean, it's just rubbish. Um, I don't know what the actual reasoning was. Lots of people are saying it's because Germany don't have any um, any hope in individual events, but yeah. they've got quite good relay teams, and so they're ah. trying to. Uh, so just briefly so people don't know I'm not going to get this exactly right but the women's 400 um, individual is about 90 minutes before the Re- four, relay final yeah. which is ridiculous also after the women's 400 is women's 200 so even if you had a 200 metre runner and wanted to, to, to um, do the relay they can't really either the day before the men's 400 um, and the four hurdles um, 
finals. finals are on, and that's when the qualifying for the um, relays are on that afternoon. That's on the Thursday. So you'd have to run twice in the day. It's mm. just, it's just, and it's fine for us because we do have loads of extra people we can put in. But a country like, for example, Belgium, which mm. are going to have a very strong four by one team, which I want to talk about later, very strong four by four by four team. Sorry, potentially are going to have three people in the final. So how do they get into the final of the 4x4? Four four? Not affecting the sprint events, but you see it in other things as well. So Sifan Hassar, and I'd love to have seen her up against yes, Laura Murray in yeah. the Women's 1500, but because of timetabling and the fact she wants to focus on the five, we're not going to get that now. And the same in the 8 and 15, which is why Laura isn't doing the 8 and 15, mm. because the qualifying was on the same day as the final. It's just like, I know it's, it's not even a particularly short championship. It's over seven days, which is perfectly doable, isn't it? Very, very strange, but too, too late to complain about it now. There's nothing we can do, is there? <laughs> Take two. <laughs> Take two. Hi, I'm Kathy Freeman, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. Yeah. <laughs> so talking about the teams and like us being genuinely positive, um, there didn't seem to be a lot of controversy um, like there usually is. There's usually something. I think that some of that was because obviously Laura pulled out the 800, which yeah. was going to be a bone of contention, and maybe still is. We'll talk about that in a sec. Same in the men's 800. Kyle Kyle couldn't come, so um, that kind of took away one of the potential problems we're going to have a little chat about that in a second can I just well. say Jodie has got a bone of contention in an event which I guarantee <laughs> you there has never been a bone of contention in the entire history of British athletics ever before take it away Jodie well I just don't understand the women's shot put I mean <laughs> <laughs> no but for a start we've never no, had... so, no we're not laughing at that we're laughing no. at the very fact that we have a, the, the very idea that we would have Four people who, should, who could qualify to go to a championship in the women's shot put is so crazy that we're laughing about it. We're not laughing about the actual result. No, no, of course. Because actually, our finished female shoppers are the best they've been in oh, 30, 30 years. years. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's all very good. It's all very positive. But the selection of... So they haven't selected Rachel Wallander. Um, she came third at the trials, so that's kind of fair enough, you'd think. Mm-hmm. Um, but who they have selected is Divine um, Oladipo, who is a really young... She's only 19, She's thrown 17.37 this yeah, year, which is oh, phenomenal. Yeah. Um, she did it in America, because she must be a collegiate athlete. But after that 17.37, her next best is 16.64, which ah. Rachel has done practically every competition. And at the trials, um, Divine came fourth with 16.16. So it's a very big disparity between Rachel, who's thrown um, well over... I mean, 17.48, I think she's thrown this year and many times over 17 metres, to put something... Now, I know she's young, and we need to encourage young people, and we definitely need to encourage young throwers, yeah. but that seems like a big disparity to, to select someone over. I think the issue there also came because the one-two at the trials were maybe not what you would have expected. You would have expected yeah. Rachel Wallander to be in the top two, which meant that who won? I mean, Strickland, I mean, Strickland won. won. So maybe she would have been the one who got dropped if she hadn't... Done yeah, but even so, she didn't. So it just, it's just... It's, it's rather bizarre to me because I mean let's give Divine all the best it would be great having mm. a new new person on the team in the women's shot being 19 and throwing 17.37 is amazing it just feels a shame the, like it's the women's shot but it's not an event we often get to take three people in Rachel's been around for a while she's been a stalwart she's yeah. kind of one of the reasons it's the the standard he's now rising and to I just wasn't very happy about that one this is Aries Merritt and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys so the one thing where there has been a little bit of controversy is in the women's 800, which was an event that we expected there to be controversy. But, but not this controversy. No, because when Laura pulled out, we thought it was pretty, pretty straightforward. 
But Alex Valley's really not happy. Um, we had a discussion, didn't we, after the Commonwealth Games, saying how well she's running. Yeah. She mm-hmm. really put herself to the forefront of the selectors yeah. by showing that she's a championship performer. And then she went sub two at the BMC, yeah. and we thought, right, here we go, Europe, here we yeah. come. And then I think she went slightly off the boil. Yes, she went just a little yeah. bit quiet. And I think it yeah. was the World Cup yeah. and Adele and running the there. And the trials again and then again in London for the London Diamond League where those other girls buying for contention really upped their game. And Alex, I mean, perhaps she didn't even go off the ball. Perhaps she just didn't raise her level once more, which is what we saw the yeah. other girls do. And doing. also the thing is with her, because she's one of the lesser known athletes, she really has to shout, like mm. metaphorically shout, which she did at the Commonwealth Games. But the other two, I feel like Adele at the World Cup and Lindsay on the on the Grand Prix circuit, Diamond League circuit, which of course she has the opportunity to do because of her history, mm-hmm. they kind of rose to the top and Alex didn't. Which So that for us was a, the selection's been I made. remember saying, when I saw the selection, thinking, oh, well, that sorted itself out. Yeah. Laura pulled out. Um, Lindsay ran well at the um, anniversary games. No issues. Well, that's really interesting because this occurred to me on the journey over here. If Laura hadn't pulled out, Laura first spot, obviously, for the 800. Shalane second spot, of course. Third spot, who would have gone? I don't know. So so the the argument there is that Adele came third at the trials and ran really well at the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Lindsay has run a lot faster than everybody else, but had the chance to be dragged Massively around. Massively faster. But of those two, who the would have taken to... the third spot? Of those two. Or of the three, including Alex Bell. Because well, there's, I think, a case to say that if Laura hadn't pulled out Alex Bell, might have got that third spot. I See, for me, and this is just... I Because of how she ran at the Diamond mm, League in yes. London, I'd discounted Alex. Can we and just say before we go any further, we should mm. probably say what? Yeah, sorry. Is. Let me say because she had a, she did a big tweet on a big, a big tweet on Twitter, a lot of responses, which is where I first yeah, noticed. It's had a so lot she's of very upset. So she said, "I can't express enough my disappointment with the European selection this week. I'm disgraced by the insults that were directed towards me by individuals from British Athletics in the selection meeting. The comments and justification made towards my case is outrageous, and I can't believe I've once again been let down by my own governing body. My appeal was unsuccessful, and the decision was held on the personal opinions and predictions of the professional." and experts on the selection board not the actual selection criteria itself with BA dismissing the selection policy altogether I can't wait to prove these small minds wrong about their comments on how she hasn't got a medal mentality I mean there's a lot to unpack there Mm. Um, obviously she's upset as would anybody who doesn't get selected. Of course. I don't know the minutiae of the selection policy, so maybe she has a point about the minutiae. She's got a lot faster times than Adele, mm-hmm. um, and she's proved herself in the Commonwealth Games. But I think what really upset her was the attitude that we don't select her because she hasn't got a medal mentality, which is mm. nonsense. Yeah, so I've seen a lot of people replying to this tweet and retweeting this, saying, this is outrageous, Alex, yeah. you should have been picked. But my really... retweet was slightly different. I went for the... Never mind the selection, it's the reasoning that's the problem. I agree. Exactly like you said, because if you are the only Brit who reaches the 800 metre yeah. final at the Commonwealth Games and you run a personal best in your first major championships and then you acquit yourself really well in the final, to me, that is medal mentality. 100%. And that's so, why this, this statement mm, makes no sense. But I, I, I think whoever didn't get picked out of those three, there's an argument to be made for them. Yes. If taking out the whatever the medal mentality reasoning, mm. which like is kind of happened in a private meeting anyway and really isn't uh, part of why we should be considering whether she was picked or not, to me, she, of those three, she's got the third best... Um, Case. Case. But but only because the Commonwealth Games was two months ago. At the Commonwealth Games, she beat Shalana to get exactly. to the final. She beat Adele yeah. to get to the final. But as you just said, that was two months ago. We, yeah, we're going true. by what happened at the trials and what happened last week at the, at the, at the anniversary of the Diamond League. If she had done well, she, she ran horribly at the Diamond League. Yeah. Let, let's, let's, she, she, yeah. I don't, she got 
Easily beaten by Lindsay. So after that, and Lindsay has run like, what, at 5902 of three, something like that. And I think um, she's run, she's, she's basically first, well, she's second ranked in Europe because so Laura's not going and her sound's not going. The so. criteria thing you have to go to is the trials, um, performances, and times. And much as we all really like Alex Bell, you know, yeah, like, we, we, we really like her, we've been talking yeah. about her a lot, haven't we? I don't think, following those criteria, mm-hmm. it feels to me like the other two, uh, their place is fair and square. I, I just can't really. Also, mm. the weird thing was, she put this, and I'm not sure. Who she thinks she should have been... That's what I didn't understand. I wasn't sure if she was thinking that um, Adele or Lindsay shouldn't have gone. And everyone underneath... Didn't seem to know either. Didn't seem to know either. (laughs) So they were sort of attacking other people. I just thought this would be really interesting. And I know we're spending a while on this, but I think it is such an intriguing case. Okay, times, performances and trials. You're completely right. They're the three criteria. So Claire's making a Venn diagram. So, and I think this this will resolve it. On times, first person who goes through is Lindsay. Great, so that's a spot for Lindsay, followed by Alex, yep, yep. followed by Adele. Adele yep. Yep. Performances, Adele, Yes. first of all. Uh, well, no, Ooh, what, okay. what, what about, um, Alex? Uh, what about uh, Alex at the Commonwealth Games? Okay, so which? what do you think is worth more, the Commonwealth Games? Well, or the Commonwealth no, Games no, is worth more. We're no, talking about Commonwealth Games. No, we're going to give it to Adele because she did really well at the World Cup and, and she beat her at the trials. trials. So, yes. Okay, so, so Adele, Adele then Alex, and then Lindsay. Lindsay, yeah, yeah, Lindsay, <clears throat> Lindsay hasn't performed in the no. champs. So then we're on to the last one, which is trials, and that is a really simple one to yes. order. That's Adele, <laughs> then Alex, then Lindsay. Lindsay. So actually, if we're adding those up... We're three, two, ones for the things, yeah. yeah. <laughs> three, two, one, three, two, one, three, two, one. So Adele is on seven, mm-hmm. Alex Bell is on six, and Lindsay is on five. What? Oh, no. no, but that's really interesting because... <laughs> Now I'm going to throw a total pigeon in, not pigeon in the works. Most of my cat bites and salads. Because I was going to say that, um, whilst I agree with everything we mm. just said there, I think you have to, the waiting's not quite right, is it? No, yeah. but also, but this is exactly what I said. Whoever didn't get chosen would yeah. have an argument to yeah. be, I'm just upset for. Um, I'm just upset for Alex that she's so upset. To be, to be brutally honest, if Alex wanted to go, she should have run better at the anniversary games. And but they're here. All the trials. And I've just yeah. I've written on my notes here. People have got to remember how important the trials yeah. are, so and they've important. got to also remember that, especially in the middle distance races, you've got to let you've got to run your own race. Yeah. yeah. You can't just like Andrew Asagi didn't run a race that suited mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Charlie Grice didn't run a race that suited him. So you, Adele did at the I mean, and Shalana did Shalana as well did, yeah. because she she didn't run to win. She ran for second, which was exactly what she should have done in that situation. Um, so people have got to learn, especially in the middle distance races, you can't just. Wander around, let someone else take up. You've got to run the race that suits you mm. to get what you want yeah. out of it, and doesn't always mean winning at a trials. Coming second is absolutely maybe the aim is to come second. Yeah. I mean, maybe you run yeah. for second. No, anyway, mm. what can we do? Well, I spoke to Alex this week, uh, dropped her line on Twitter because, as everyone who listens to this knows, we're big fans of hers and we do have that dialogue going on. And I think we'll end with what she said about it, which suggests that perhaps the heat of the moment has left her a little bit and she's yeah. just disappointed now but hi Claire no British Athletics have not explained the reasons from reading the minutes they haven't used the criteria whatsoever to uh, to select the discretionary place I still do not know the reason why I wasn't selected as everyone can see on paper I have stronger credentials over the other athletes in relation to the selection criteria but this has been dismissed and the places were selected based on the opinions of the selectors you only need to look at the unfair treatment at the last European selection to figure out the bias which goes on in this sport this is what we said earlier in the year. We said that Commonwealth Games performance will put her, put a mover up the kind of the, the the rankings, not just literally, but in the minds of selectors. It hasn't worked. 
And when you're this kind of athlete, and there's a few athletes like this who know they're going to have to perform above and beyond what mm-hmm. some other people can do. And you know what? It's the World Championships next year. Watch Alex Bell come out fighting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She has got what it takes. And I Let's end with a positive. She absolutely. has got talent and grit and determination in absolute bucketfuls. She can now go away and put in some big performances elsewhere, put in a good hard training block, and yeah, I think we'll see the best Alex Bell yet 100%. in 2019. Agreed. Fingers crossed. Hi, I'm Morgan Lake, and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. And one person who won't be at the oh. uh, won't be at the Europeans <laughs> for another reason, a different reason. He wasn't selected because he's not fit. Is Carl he is fit. <laughs> <laughs> Is Carl Langford, um, who is one of everybody's favourite athletes, not not just because of the way he performs, because he's just so much fun and he's got a great personality. So because we were very upset he wasn't going to be there, and we don't really know what's wrong with him, no. um, I gave him a call just to see if we could catch up and find out what's going on. Hi, Kyle. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Very good. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming and having a chat with us on the Backstreet yeah, Boys. So we've just been doing our uh, preview for the European Championships and we were talking about the team and how massive it is and how nobody's been left out. And then we all thought, do you know who we're really going to miss in Berlin? It's Carl Langford. <laughs> so what's going on with you? Because um, obviously we know that you're injured and you can't gum, but we don't know anything more. So what's the problem? Um, it's just been a number of things, really. I think uh, after the Commonwealth, I kind of had a little break, but I kind of just tried to build a bit more of a base just so I can <laughs> get, build, get getting a bit of fitness really um and i was in potter stream training camp i was there for a month and then i was flying straight out to um america from south africa what's about 30 hour flight (laughs) it's pretty long yeah Uh, like that's with the stopovers and stuff like that so uh in the middle of my south african camp come probably like just to the end of the middle maybe you know come to the end of it um i was just on a run i took a deep breath in and uh I slipped a disc in my back. Ah. What well, at the time I just kind of did it, and I was about two and a half miles out, so I had to walk a little while back. And I tried to run on it and just tried to get back. And um, yeah, I was a little bit annoyed at the time, but I didn't really know what it was. But I think with the weird back pain, I started to get sick. Like I yeah. started like I think because it was like my my spinal cord. Obviously, the the disc was digging into my spinal cord, so I think. It was making my whole body weird. I was I was feeling sick. I was a little bit sick through the day and stuff. So, yeah, I think just with the physio team, we all thought it was muscular. And then um, I flew to America, raced out there, and then flew to Rome. And by the time I got to Rome, uh, I'd done about 72 hours full <laughs> travel. And I was just, I was completely finished at that point. I was, yeah, it was not nice. And I think it made my back a lot worse being, uh, you know, almost sick pent up in a plane for a while of course um, i mean i know how we feel like any of us feel when we do a long haul flight um and athletes their bodies are so different very different to my body and um the smallest little thing can set you off can't it oh yeah and i think yeah i think it was just the start of everything really i mean pre went pretty good it went too bad i beat some good guys it was an average performance for me 146 it wasn't a fast race um, so I thought that's a pretty good start. I was thinking I've been some world-class guys, having a shot and stuff before. Because we're in good stead for the Euros. And I knew going out to Rome was not going to be good. But it's one of the things I couldn't pull out due to the fact of being offered the opportunity. It was yeah. like, if I pull out now, they're going to not really want to do it again. Cause I can just pull out again. So John and Gary were a little bit like, are you sure you want to do it? And I was like, me being, you know, arrogant. I was like, yeah, I can do all of them. Confident. Three days between them, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll be fine. And very quickly, I 
come to realise that that's not how it works. And I think that's a massive learning curve for me, I think. Something I would definitely take away from this year. See, coming off of the Commonwealth Games, where obviously you ran a PB, you got a silver medal, you must have been super confident. And obviously you've become now a champs runner. So you must yeah. have been thinking, really, you could do very well and potentially even like maybe win the Europeans. Yeah, I mean, with all the training and stuff I, I saw my doing, I... My main thing is I thought definitely going to the Europeans. I'd love to get gold because I was so disappointed not getting the gold at the commies. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was a bit of a, a bit of a tough hitter for me because I really that was the only thing on my mind and mm-hmm. just missing out on it so so fractionally was a bit annoying for me. But I went in the, this this season really the outdoor season was I really wanted to go run 143 142. That was a I know I can do it. I've beaten guys repeatedly all last year and this year who have run, you know, look at the guys that beat the commies, they've all run 144 faster. Mm. I'm doing sessions and stuff like that that indicate I'm in that sort of shape. I think once the injury happens, other things started to come. I, I got an epidural in my back, what was, you know, going to operating for it. It's the first time I've had an epidural. And Hopefully the last. Yeah, and yeah, I don't think I'll get one again because I don't think I reacted very well to it. Yeah. Since then, it's really, my body just seems to be shutting down. It's just everything just doesn't really want me to run it's like I can't I've been getting worse and worse week by week like training wise and it's kind of it got to the point before I was trying to you know I was still given the opportunity to run the Euros because they because my back injury was pretty significant I got the injection the week before the champs I had a good reason they said yeah "Yeah, we know what's going on and we know it's not your fault and blah 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 so they give me leeway and they said you know if you go you know, anniversary games will be a big, um, you know, indicate for you like that. This could be your basic your selection if you go and perform stuff like that. I kind of, I think I was trying to rush too hard and put a lot of pressure on myself. And I just, my body was just shutting down. And since then, it's just, yeah, it's just not gone great. So I think I just got to the point about a week, two weeks ago where, you know, I just kind of said to myself, just going to take a step back, not not worry about racing, and I'm going to bear next minor season. I want to make sure next year's going to be a good one because yeah. I don't want to ruin myself now trying to force things and injure myself more and make myself ill. Well, the thing is, at the Diamond League, you would have had to be in great form because the boys were on fire at the Diamond yeah. League. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't have been easy anyway. No, exactly. And I mean, you know, the look at the British 800 meter run at the moment is really, really good. And I'm so, I mean, I've seen, I remember seeing it, and I know I was meant to be in that race. And, uh, obviously having to pull out is not nice and I saw what they were doing I was just uh, so excited after like in a weird way I was like I can't wait to next year it's going to be really really I know Elliot um, you know that for him his performance doesn't prove where he's at the moment I think he's definitely in a really good space yeah, I think he uh, We've just had that discussion, actually, talking about the 800 and saying he potentially could win because in a championship yeah. race, he's he's got a really good kick finish. But you must be very disappointed not to be in that race because you would be a 144 guy now if you'd been in that race, undoubtedly. Yeah. Maybe even I, 143. I think that's the thing. I think if um, but the way I started, uh, you know, in pre, uh, I think definitely there would have been a 143 there. You know, people say I'm a championship runner, what I am, and that's what I pride myself on. But I know when it gets down to the... the time trial running but the way I am the way I can keep relaxed turn off switch my mind off I know um, once I get into so what I didn't really have last year was I was really trying to chase the time mm-hmm. and so I didn't really and I was really inexperienced I didn't believe I had a kick I kind of was I was a little bit 
insecure of myself, really. Yeah. And gradually, as I hit the time in London Anniversary Games last year, and then I raced again, um, race after, I was so relaxed, had the best race I had, and then the next three races were London. And I think it was just for me, just once the pressure was off, I kind of just thought, I just need to believe in myself more. And then everything just started to just kick together a bit more. So I think I didn't get to prove last year what I can run. And this year, obviously, it's not gone great. So I really think next year is going to be a good one for, you know, I think that could be a good two-second, maybe three-second PB coming. I think I think we all agree with that assessment. Yeah. It's really disappointing not to see you. So what is the prognosis with your injury? Like, you, you're, you're still training. You're not injured in the sense that you're not in plaster or anything so you, you can still train will we see you doing any races towards the end of the year or are you going to write off this year and come back for next that's what i was planning for but it just seemed everything was just it my body really just was really shutting down so i think me and john have just decided to get back to basics we've just decided to get, get that sort of just get almost just start up a mini winter season just uh-huh. get fit so i'm gonna keep training for a little bit get some fitness i'll probably still run a holiday because you know i don't want to stretch training either because you know i enjoy it yeah you know it's something i love doing and if i don't run you know i drive my girlfriend up the wall <laughs> and any up the wall stuff as well so i've got to run to make, keep everyone happy you haven't lost any of your enthusiasm or your confidence are you still going to get us a gold medal in 2020 Oh, 100%. I think this is a really, really, I think this is a good thing happens because for me, like I say, everything from last year, I said everything leading up to Tokyo is a complete learning curve. Everything I do is for that one moment in the Olympic final. That, that's really going to hopefully tell me as an athlete. I think, um, you know, this year I've learned a lot about myself and you know i've seen there's a lot of athletes who have really struggled from world indoors and commonwealth yeah. i know i'm not the only one i'm not the only one to break down and bodies give up and stuff you know i spoke to athletes and they know it's not easy for me if it's going to happen any other year if it's going to happen any year in the next four years this is the year for it to happen and but my problem is, is i don't want it to keep happening and that's what i'm really motivated to work for is i'm just it's really bad i'm really excited for november October, November, get that like, really hard work, and I'm just excited to start winter training. I just want to get get ready for the World Champs next year. I'm really excited for it. You are one of those athletes who not only really entertaining on the track, but you're really entertaining in an interview. So please don't oh, ever lose that. Don't let them give you media training, please. Please <laughs> come and be yourself. Be honest. Don't try. Don't try. We wish you Thank all you. the best, and we look forward to um, 1919 when you're going to come back and run 142. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, just uh, invite me any time to speak. I love it. This is Alison Phillips, and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. I absolutely love chatting to Carl Langford because he's just got such a big personality and he's such a natural to talk to. Some athletes, it's like pulling teeth. Oh, my God, so is, yeah. But you know who, who reminds me of him? It's Beth Dobbin. Yeah. Yes. They're young, they're new, they're mm-hmm. excited and they just give everything. And it's, it's so much fun and I hope it doesn't get media trained out of them. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Kyle won't be there and that's going to be on the back of my mind for the entire half mile men's 800 metres in Berlin. But... We said this week that we'd talk about the events we were most looking forward to, and actually, the men's 800 is going to be really good. Claire, you're never going to believe this. Guess what I've written down as my two favourite events? Um, surely ones I, ones not. I'm looking forward to. Men's middle distance. No. Fuck <laughs> off, middle distance is mine. <laughs> and that's, that's two words that have never come out really? of my mouth ever but What's before. so interesting about that is, is the men's 800 hadn't crossed my mind 
at the men's 50 now, Jack, because I'm sure we'll come to it in a minute. And now you say it, I'm beginning to mm. think of the names. It had, hadn't crossed my mind the men's 800. Tell us all about it, Claire. Well, okay. Guy Lermonth, I think he's going to go sub 144. He's been chatting about it. He went sub 145 at the Diamond League. He's looking absolutely great. He's worked so hard and had a really difficult year. He's come into form. Elliot Giles, we love. He's not run a quick race this year. He's only 10th coming into these champs, but yeah. you know that he can produce it. And if it's a cagey affair, exactly. that plays into his hands because he is mature beyond his years. I've not seen that much of Daniel Rowden, but he's coming in ranked 7th yeah. on this kind of huge breakthrough season. So British interest, absolutely. But for me, it's when you look outside the Brits, this one hots up. Um, the quickest guy in the year is a Spaniard that I've not seen very much of before, Sol Ordinez, but he's done 143.65. And I mean, he's run under for 145 three times. Ooh, so consistent with and it. I, That's I, exciting. I, I've not know heard that. him. He's not really done a lot before. I no. think he was a European under 23 silver medalist a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So he's not a big name, but there's quite a few Spaniards come out of the wood yeah. woodwork this yeah. year. Spain have got um, a good team. Yeah, but you, like you said, on top of the UK guys, we've got the Spanish guy. There's another Spanish, fast Spanish guy as well, but you've got Boss. Who's the world champion? Really world champion. <laughs> the best interview of all time. <laughs> so I'm hoping he wins again so we can, he can be in the mix zone. But and you've yeah. also got Kshot, mm-hmm. who's running back into form. Defending champion. Exactly. Um, Lewandowski has also run fast time this year. Is he doing the 800 though? Well, He's doing that, both. Is he? Oh, this, mm. is, this is what I was going to say. Um, so that is a really hot race. And what's really good about it is you, there's no oh, massive favourite. No. Shot's probably still my favourite because yeah. techni- um, tactically he's the best. And you know in a, in a slowish race he's got an amazing finish. But so is Elliot Giles. And yes. I think if Elliot Giles can get his tactics right, this is the kind of race he could win. Totally. And what you would, what Claire was just saying about Guy Lemont going under 144, this race is far more likely to be won in 146. Yeah. You know, mm. um, so unless... Boss goes out and does what he did. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, so this is why it's actually quite That's exciting. Thing, I'm getting yeah. all excited for it now. I hadn't, I hadn't given it any thought. <laughs> I really think it's yeah, it's going to be a doozy. What about you two? What so are the, you excited about? The men's fifteen hundred is my number one. Oh, oh yeah, because yes. you've got the Inga Britson. Now, what, who are they? Jacob. Jacob is the middle one, right? And Henrik. 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 The last one. The youngest one's called Baby, I think. Yeah. No, because <laughs> Baby is Jacob. Baby oh, Inga is Jacob. Yes, Jacob. Henrik's Jacob. the oldest one. The middle Who's one middle is Inga Britson then. Who's the reigning European champion at 1500? So Henrik Philip. <laughs> Henrik's the older one, who was European champion with the, in with the 2014. Touch. Yes, yeah. either way, all three of them are going for the 15 5 double. They? Are they? Yes. Claire, look at you with all your info. So, I mean, that is number one. Can they do a 1 2 3? It's really got... funny because I often don't, you know, when people like, not sort of dominate, but people come on the scene and like, I kind of, it kind of irritates me a bit with some, some kind of domination I don't like in any form, mm-hmm. but I'm really. We'd be totally happy with an Inga Britson one, two, three, and more than awesome. awesome. And it's not certainly not out of the question in the fifteen, but like one and two. Well, it's not out of the question, but you've got the three UK guys who are all very yes. good. And mm. I think for me, it would be um, uh, I always want to call him Jeff Whiteman, Jake, Jake Whiteman, yes. who is probably in a tactical race. He's mm-hmm. won one forty-four. He's the one the fastest over eight hundred. So. In, a, in a, that kind of race I think you've also Lewandowski yeah. once again it could be a slowish race and Haluba as well Haluba Halusa as well yeah. who's got an amazing kick finish so there's so much stuff going there's so many stories going on in that one race also we have to remember the Ingebrigtsens ran those ridiculously fast times and they did very well they came like third and fourth didn't they in a paced race at a Diamond League a um Championship is a whole different matter. But then maybe they work together and they take it out quickly and lose everyone. Um, It is exactly what happened at the World Juniors, where you'd, looking at that time, you'd think Baby Ingrabitson would have won, but he came second. Mm. Because it totally depends on how the race is won. But when you can win 130 
if it's been running 138, you've got a sprint finish because, like, it's so much slower for you. Of course. So, and what's really interesting for me is usually it would be the women's middle distance we were talking about. Yeah. And to be honest, the women's yeah, 850 and 5,000 are extremely well, thin. Once Laura dropped out the women's 800, I thought, oh, exactly. And I you've got actually think the next thing. Well, Lamont's number one. And She's is, number um, one. And there's a, a Polish. Uh, no Swedish girl. One, I mean, one fifteen at forty nine four or something. Lindsay's Lindsay's going to be ranked second. She's ranked second. It's the same with the fifteen. So, exactly. No Hassan. No cross to Halfen. No Laura. Oh no, Laura is there. Mm. Laura is four seconds faster than the next person, and then that's Laura. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. So no, wait, not oh, yeah. four seconds. And no, Eilish two. isn't running in and the fifteen anymore, and she's yeah. four oh one this year. And Sarah the next McDonald's person is Sophie Enoui, who you have to be very, very worried about in a slow race. But not, not going to be slow races. Well, it? it doesn't need Laura. Even if she's not on top form, she might not have that change of pace. Oh, that's going to be fifty-seven. I mean, then it's going to be Laura will just surely just. But run Laura's got four that, minutes. Yeah, mm. she's so strong; she can run away from anybody. So I don't think there's any doubt she's going to win that gold medal. But definitely, um, Laura Whiteman can get, get a medal, one hundred percent. And now, it's, it's. I wrote some. I wrote some notes down here about the women's fifteen hundred. And um, the third British girl, which is Gemma Riki, right? Yes. She's only ranked seventh in the UK over 1500 this year. So Gemma Riki is an amazing story that she's even going to be on that start line. I got really excited by this. She... I knew you would. <laughs> <laughs> she's training with Andy Young and Laura Muir. Um, spoke to her at the World Cup where she got a call up because she went on this absolutely bonkers fortnight yeah. tour of Europe to try and get that qualifying time and ended up running it as a split yeah. within the women's mile at the Diamond League. Um, but she is really one to watch. She's beating Laura in speed sessions mm. these days up in Scotland. So definitely one to watch. What was interesting about her is when she, when she came second at the trials I was like okay I kind of know that name didn't mm. really put two and two together about who she was but it was a sl- did, did she come second or third she came second, second. at the trials oh, that's right. why she was chasing the time yeah I knew she was chasing the time but I thought she was just sorry go on so she came second at the trials and she's a tough girl and she won the European Juniors last year yeah. by really like toughing it out she was a, mm. she was really strong she's got obviously got a lot of speed she's a fighter exactly the kind of person who in a championships could get there yeah. it's, I think probably getting into the final is going to be more difficult for her because mm-hmm. it's so difficult traditionally in European 1500s are not fast and as and, Sana Pajish will tell you exactly <laughs> <laughs> before your time Claire 1990 Europeans what before I was even born um, but just no, the, so the women's 1500 it's very thin as is the 5000 um, but across to Halvan's now running that so that, that ups it a little bit um, Ailish is actually second well you say, you say thin it's after Hassan after Hassan yeah. yeah I mean Ailish mm. is the only other person under, 50, under 15 minutes really dropping. yeah so once again if Ailish can get it right we know how much we rate Ailish we know how strong she is we know that if she was, can be confident mm-hmm. and put herself in the right place she's got that really strong wind up finish so I'd be very hopeful that she could get a medal equally if it's slow and tactical Melissa Courtney knows yeah, how to absolutely. navigate a slow race these days yeah and Beth um, Steph Twell had that amazing kick finish yeah, didn't she oh, yeah, yeah she did and she's, she's won a 405 um, 1500 this year so there's it's, mm. it's just the quality's not that great but it's still going to be a really interesting race what else are we really looking forward my to my number one is the women's long jump yes yeah got that written down here yeah. um, because I have no idea who's going to win and it's one two three between like four well we're saying four it could be more coming mm. along couldn't it but like that's just a really really packed field and great news is that three out of the top like five, five. or six are 
Yeah, are British. Definitely. You know, so I suppose the favourite is Lorraine Ugan, you would say, going in, wouldn't she? She's had a Spanovich is going to run her close 6 so, 9 oh, this year. No, absolutely. Mm. Spanovich would, should be the favourite going, um, going on previous form and going on championship ability. I just feel like Lorraine Ugan's getting her This is her together, year, you know, isn't so, it? That's what it feels, isn't mm. it? Um, my, my, who's the, there's two Germans as well. Who are oh, there's two Germans? Yeah, because you've got Mahimba. And Mokawena. Oh, do you know Mokham? Oh, do you know what? I don't think I ever realised there were two different people. <laughs> <laughs> and Mahimba, she came forth at the Olympics mm. and she won the European Juniors and the European Under 23s. So she's got very. European form. We're also just good championship mm. form. Yeah. So it's going to be a really, really good competition. I'm looking forward to that. Until um, the British champs, I haven't paid any attention to women's long jump this year. I'll hold my hands up and admit it because the men's on the global stage <laughs> yeah, yeah, has been attracting all the attention. But you're right, when you look at that, it's actually a really high calibre field. Yeah, that, that's, that's the one I'm, I'm thinking is going to be a great competition. Also, of course, and there's not really a lot to say about this, the men's javelin is, of yeah. course, yeah. probably going to be the highest quality. Vata, Hoffman and Roller. But well, yeah, are... but I wouldn't be surprised if, if they don't even... No, because you've three. got Kurt, you've got yeah. Badlish. They yeah. both yeah. run over, I think, over 89 this year yes. so 89 could win I mean it's, it's, a, it's a very long but throw quality wise I can't imagine any event being of a higher quality it doesn't no. necessarily mm. mean the competition itself is going to be great someone could throw one throw and be over, be done with, over and done with couldn't they but you know, mm. we, we should be seeing some 90 metre throws there Hi my name is Asha Phillip and you're listening to The Backstreet Boys I'm very much looking forward to the multi events at yeah. Euros not because of a broad field of high quality but because those at the top I think it'll be really exciting. We haven't seen Nafi against Kat for you know for a year now, and I think Kat's starting to find her groove with this French training. Nafi set for three personal bests this year. That think, girl is she's ridiculous yeah. in the best possible yeah. way. Where how much more improvement can she make? And because, where where can it come? Because like, it just feels like she's absolutely phenomenal at everything. Mm, yeah. I mean, she's quite slow. Yeah, she's slow, but she worked on that. She's yeah. so much faster than she used to be. And, and she's never going to be like a 22-second mm, yeah. runner. Um, but the fact that she's what, a low 24 or something... Yeah, but off the back of that slowness, mm. she's exactly the same time as Kat in the hurdles and actually jumps 6.68, I think it is, yeah. in the long jump. 6.62 and 2.01. I reckon 201, well, 201 would win you a medal yeah. at the Europeans. Okay. 6.62, you'd be in the final. You might even be in contention for a bronze or Sometimes, something. yeah. Um, but that's of someone who's not a fast, not fast at all. I just, I love the way that she's managed to just. She, she's very quick at learning something, yeah. something, yes. and picking it up well and being able to do it in competition. She's there's something. She, she's got the mental toughness. It's not just about being of her physical attributes. She's a very, very. She must be a dream to, to coach. Absolute dream. I read a lovely piece about her childhood and how she actually trained somewhere that was something like a 90 minute train journey away from her family home. So she would finish school, do her homework on the train on the way to training every night of the week and then head all the way back in. So she spent three hours a day commuting for her training. And I think you can see that hunger to excel in the way that she performs when the championships roll around. Yeah, she's awesome. And obviously it will be lovely to see Kat, who's coming back into some good form, which obviously she's got injured at the Commonwealths. Coming back into good form, I'd just love her to get a medal. Um, it's going to be tough. It's the Europeans, which is basically the best people in the world. Yeah. But it's not been massive this year. Schaefer is number two. And yes. so after that, it's not high scores. And so Nick Vatter, defending yeah. her crown. But she hasn't um, done that well this year, has she? What is it? Three, six, four, two, six. Yeah. So the uh, thing is, you look at what Kat's coming in with, which is sixth best in Europe but it didn't count because she jogged exactly, that 800 yeah. so really I think it will be a really interesting one uh, it depends which cap yeah. turns up I suppose yeah. and then we've got the men's decathlon which oh. is 
all about one person who's not even on the rankings this year. Five personal bests <laughs> this season. He's won three major championships on the bounce, so mm. he's looking to make it four now. Yeah, um, he'll be. I mean, it's a one-man show essentially. Mm. He's going to be awesome. But one of the people I was going to say we need to look out for because I know later on we're going to talk about some people to look out for. But it is Tim Duckworth, who we had on the show of last course. week. Of um, His first championship for Britain. He's ranked fourth going in. Kevin Mayer doesn't have a time, so essentially he's fifth. Um, but he's been improving all the time. He's coming off a very long season because he's done the NCAA's. But he's he's had a bit of a break. He feels fresh. He's been doing the long jump, jumping eight meters um, in individual long jump competitions. He's so excited to be competing for the UK. It was always his idea to compete for the UK. We're very, very welcome to have him. And I just think he's very young. He's hungry. It's the first time he's ever going to put on a GB vest. So it'll be really fun to watch him. And fingers crossed he can do really well. Mm. Can I just say something that just happened really recently? And it was not going to be an interesting event. It would have been a total bore. But from last weekend, that's kind of changed, which is a women's high jump. Yeah. Um, oh, God, oh, yeah. Of course. So, Maria Lasitskani wins everything, right, left and centre, you know, it's getting a bit boring, to be honest. Um, then she went and lost. Mm. Um, where did she lose? Rabat. It wasn't Rabat, so she lost. Um, so, you're thinking, oh, you know, she's, she's vulnerable potentially. Um, you know, she did win at the anniversary games, but um, Elena Valetoriga, no, let me do that again. Elena <laughs> Valortigana. <laughs> Elena Velotogara, right, from Italy, who, I don't know if you know, long, long story, she's been out in the sport for like 10 years. Well, she's also been in the sport, but she's been injured all yeah. the time. She jumped mm. 190-something 10 years ago and then never got back there again. Um, so she was a really great junior, etc. But she came around this year, she jumped like 95, 96, 97, and then she suddenly, at the anniversary <laughs> games, jumped 202. Mm. 202? Bonkers. Like, you know, bonkers, absolutely bonkers, exactly. <clears throat> um, also, Morella Demereva. Say these names slower, Bea. Mirella <laughs> Demareva has also jumped to two metres this year, which is almost likely to get you a medal. Nafi presumably isn't doing the high jump. No, I think they no. clash. Yeah, mm. again, a bit annoying they clash because she's done 201. And then we're getting down to Morgan Lake. Yeah. You know, so um, Yulia Levchenko and Morgan Lake have both done 197. But 97 at the moment is, some, is, a, is, a, is a height which would get you a medal even at Olympics as, as we know so the fact that we're, there's like third or three or four people mm. over two metres is actually really exciting um, will they do it at the time apart from the top two I think like, well, no, very likely said, 197 no, is no. going to get a medal sure, in 195 sure so. but um, Mm-hmm. Totally said her name wrong. Um, <laughs> she's only done two or two last week. We mm. don't know that she can back that up or not, mm. but maybe she can go higher. Who mm. knows? You know, she's a, she looks exactly like a high jumper. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see her in person, she's amazing, like a proper as you would like a, a high jumper to look. So she, maybe she can jump two or four. Maybe she can push her even further. Speaking of scheduling and how that's problematic, fortunately it's not going to get in the way of one of our other favourite athletes on the board, Carson Vorholm, mm. who is going for the 400 flat, 400 hurdles mm. double, which is really exciting. Having made a, what did he get? He got a silver in the flat four as an under 23 last year at the Europeans and the gold in the hurdles. But he's the leader by quite some way in the four hurdles mm. so far this year and he's actually coming in ranked sixth for the 400 flat. You know he's number one? In Europe, Matt Hudson Smith. Yeah. Hudson Smith, yeah. I didn't realise that. Yeah, mm. he has been since his that it's at trials. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. It's brilliant. Not, yeah, it's brilliant. It's not the highest quality. There's. I think he's only one hundredth faster. You've got um, Hortelano and yeah. uh, the other Spanish guy who ran, who won the world indoors, but then got disqualified as along with everybody else. <laughs> Oscar Husilos. Hosios. Yes. Um, they've they've run very fast. I don't know if Portelano is going to do the two hundred because he's run second in the two hundred, mm. and he's the reigning champion in the two hundred. Yes. So, um, <laughs> um, so the four hundred is a is a very close affair. Um, I was going to talk about this a little bit later, but maybe I'll mention it now. Is 
the the men's four by four because we've got some Pol- um, uh, Belgium who have got the normal ball, team of ballers, mm-hmm. but they've also got the new guy who's who just won the European Juniors, Sakura. What did he run? I think he ran forty-five by seven or something. Oh, wow. He's the fastest of all of them. So you've got him and the three ballers. What That's a team a is squad. that? Yes. It's a really good squad. The Spanish 4x4 team is going to be amazing because you've got those two and you've got another two run under 45-5. So that's t- two teams to look out for in the 4x4. Poland will undoubtedly have a great team. Uh, at, with and people I've never heard of. <laughs> and we don't really have one at the moment. Not, uh, not like we would usually have, no. But we've got a solid amount of people and you know sometimes we kind of pick it up in the, in the relay. Yeah. The other event we must mention is the men's pole vault because it's very high quality very high quality and yeah. also they're kind of showmen so it's, it's yes. a lot of fun um, you've got your, your normal um, Reynold versus Mondo is really the, the, mm-hmm. the headline act yeah. because they've both jumped four times over 590 this year which Lovely. I'm surprised by because yeah. I don't I don't remember it it's been the Kendrick show this year, yeah. really, hasn't well, it? Well, Mondo's been in there. Well, I mean, I think they kind of swap things. It mainly. I think mainly the weird thing happens that when um, when um, Lavinia doesn't win, we really feel it seems like we really notice, mm. and we'll go, mm. "Oh, he's gone a bit off the boil," but he does still win half the time. Yeah, you know? yes. and like so, and so because we, we were used to him for many years, just winning all the time. It feels like he's not quite as good at the moment, but he's still jumping eighty-five and ninety. Of we're just course. not yeah. really noticing because. But we've got that new Russian guy, M- 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 oh, Magana. I love him. He, he's, he, I've never seen anyone pole vault so beautifully. <laughs> it's like his body does this kind of absolute arch thing. It's like I was just kind of mesmerised by Ooh, him. Oh, I've not noticed. <laughs> I'll go back and have a look. And you've got the Polish Oh, the one who's nearly like, um, I can say decapitated himself. No, he, he, he tore his shorts, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Decapitated yeah. wasn't the word I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> but the Polish guys have got whole stepper. They're all, over, all very, very high. All over 580 this year. So that'll be a great competition. Hi guys, I'm Tom Bosworth and you're listening to the Backstraight Boys. So the European Championships, these are championships where um, it's not all about the big names. It's Like we said, we've got a massive team full of youngsters. So are there some young people that you're keeping your eye on that you think is going to do well here? Can I be a bit boring? Yeah. And... Go with a British Sprint Queen. I knew um, it. And it. Well, it's in mine. That's yeah, she's mine as well. She's on mine as well. Seriously, because <laughs> we've had like an embarrassment of riches over the last few years. I haven't been taking so much notice of the new ones coming mm-hmm. through because you never know. If, as I was saying the other week, brain hasn't quite got enough space in it. Um, so I've heard the name, and I saw she was running well this year, and then she ran brilliantly at the trials. And since then, she's just looked better and better and better. And it may be like. You know, it, before you would have thought, oh, it'd be great if she made the, you know, possibly made the final. And now you're thinking, actually, after the first two, three, you know, there's a real open chance there mm. for potentially well, there a sort of ball there, from a bronze or something. There absolutely is, because we, we, I won't sprints down as women's sprints as one of their highlights, because we've got Daphne versus Dina versus Kambunji. Um, and obviously in the 200, we've got Jamil Samuel, we've got Yvette Lalova, we've got the other UK girls. But in the 100, there's two French girls who've run 1101 and 1102 oh, at those? the French trials, oh. which I'm going to take well, the picture of. Well, they're in Guadeloupe. No, but I'm going to take... Well, they're Fredes Sons, whatever it's called. Sean de la France. I'm going to take them with a pinch of salt right now, but we'll wait and see at the at the mm. um, trial, at the championships and see if there actually are 11 flat runners. I should also say, I have throughout the whole season um, been taking Kambunji's time to the pinch of salt. Remember she ran that ridiculous time in, indoors yeah. and then went and got a bronze in the world yeah. um, um, the world indoors didn't she and then she had run a really really fast 200 and then she backed that up by like running well she actually did that at Diamond League yeah. and now she's just run 10.95 at the Swiss Championships 
which sounds super dodgy, mm. but let's just watch her run. She's definitely a talent. And I oh, it's absolutely, yeah. yeah, totally. But then just, I'm sure she'll probably prove you wrong and, and back it up at the Europeans. But we, yeah, so we all wrote Imani down, didn't we? Yeah. I had <laughs> one more on my list of babies that I wanted to keep an eye on. So, baby, Inga Bretston, Imani, Gemma, and then I think, you know, a medal perhaps is a step well, a hop, skip and a jump too far um, for now. But Naomi better mm. jumped a big personal mm. best at the weekend. Did and, she? What? 14.15. Uh, yes, she did. Twenty cent- of all time? Uh, yes, it was. Well done. So that's a 20-centimetre personal best. She's just getting better and better this year. And I met her at the World Cup, and she was an absolute delight. She's a kind of Beth Dobbin, Carlang figure. She's just full of enthusiasm and so humble. And I really think in the future we're going to be all gabbling on about her and this could be where she She looks like a triple jumper. She's mm-hmm. very tall. She's very strong. She's got good technique. She, she, sometimes you look at athletes and you go, how do they do that? With her, yeah. she looks like someone who exactly. looks like she yeah. she's totally in the does. perfect event. And each year at the trial, she set, she set a PB, I think at the trials for the last two years when good she's won. Mm. So yeah, she's, a, she's really, that's a very good so call. She's ranked 10th, but I won't see her in the final. Yeah, that's what 100%. I'm hoping for from her. Um, my other one is, and I know we're concentrating on the Europeans because it's, we know the, the the young. Sorry, the we're concentrating on the British people because we know the young British people. Mm. Amy Alcott really yes, impressed me. Yes, totally. Number one to mm. come third at the trials, kind of unheralded, and then to back that up by that amazing run at the um, Diamond, Diamond League. League, where she broke her personal best by almost a second. Yeah, um, phenomenal. And she's on a roll. You can see it. She's on a roll. There's the 400's not that strong this year. You know what? I was actually going to, and one of the things I was looking forward to, I was going to say the women's 400 because it's actually quite piss poor, mm. which means there is like a huge amount of people within like 0.4 of each mm. other or something. So, mm. whilst I don't think there's going to be fireworks in the final, and I think just, just running sub 51 is probably going to get you a medal, isn't it? But there could be an awful lot of people around there, so you really could like throw a blanket over them potentially. And um, something else I want to say is Alex Yee. Oh yes, yeah. I think he's ranked fifth um, in the ten thousand, or somewhere around fifth. Um, and it was, it was the time he ran was at his first ever ten thousand yeah. meters. Since then, he's um, set a PB over five thousand, which is quite slow considering how fast he, he went yes, over. Yes, I saw that. Mm. So what did he actually run? I saw him at the um, thirteen thirty, right? Okay. Which was a PB, um, but his it, that doesn't correspond to, for me to twenty seven fifty one. It no. feels a lot slower. Um, so obviously it depends how it's run um, the, you've got some fast people ahead of him um, and especially people with probably better sprints but the confidence he must have got from that first 10k to come out first Brit to, to hang on uh, or the other two are charging at him in, in the final um, I think he could go out there he's got nothing to lose he's a very strong athlete obviously because he does a triathlon so who knows he's, uh, he... but it's just really fun to see him in the team yeah. isn't it because you know? yes. you, I've sort of seen him around for such a long time mm-hmm. never been in the athletics team seen him doing triathlon and um, I'm kind of rubbing my hands that we've got him at least for the time being so all things considered there's quite a lot we're looking forward to I've just thought something else oh, right. <laughs> um, not a new face but someone we really should keep an eye on is Tom Bosworth ranked fourth oh. going into the oh. 20k walk and two of the people above him on IWF website are Russian and they've set those times in Russia one of them at Chip when you say Russian they're Russian but clear to well no it doesn't because on the IWF website the ones who are Russian come up Russian yeah. and the ones who are independent athletes come up mm. independent so I and I can't imagine they're clearing any Russian w- race walkers. walkers no god no so that means he potentially is going in second 
and we know how confident he is at the moment, and we know that he's going to give his absolute 110%. So um, oh. let's keep our eyes up for Tombo. Oh, Tombo! <laughs> Hi, this is Jenny Simpson, and back straight, back, all right! <laughs> is that all right? <laughs> Thank you. So I'm here with Dina Asher-Smith, who's currently running under 11 seconds for fun. Um, you're having a fantastic season, right? Like, which we've never seen for a British female sprinter before. Um, obviously, you've got the Europeans coming up, which is your focus for the year, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, you're possibly the favourite for three events. How does that make three? you feel? Three? Three? What's the third one? The relay. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say 400. I would have been like, no. <laughs> one day. I've been, so people have been talking to me about this. No. <laughs> Not happening. But, um... Yeah, potentially. I mean, you have, you have that. Just because you ran the fastest time doesn't necessarily mean that I think personally you should be called the favourite. That's just more the way that I think. But um, if people want to say that, then cool. And it's really, really nice. But I always say it doesn't matter where you come into the competition. I've often come into the competition like way out the top eight, way out the top three, anything, and then um, seem to like drag myself up. So I'm definitely one that I don't really pay attention to the pre-race predictions or the pre-championship predictions and normally because I'm way down there <laughs> but um, obviously if I'm slightly further up I'm not going to take um, take it into account so yeah I'm just chilled really <laughs> and you're coming into this year kind of completely injury free which we haven't really seen for a long time please and... don't jinx it please <laughs> Okay, I won't yeah. say you're having a fantastic Thank season you. so far. And what's really great is we're seeing a British female sprinter on the Diamond League circuit. Yeah. Not just winning, but setting British records at the same time. People are scared of you now. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I'm not a very scared person. I'm five foot five. <laughs> okay, five foot five now. Actually, I got measured it there. I thought I was five foot four, but I'm five foot five. Yes. like the best way in my life. So the Brits are now ranked first. Yes. Dina, you're third. I'm Bianca's out. fourth in the whole of Europe. Yes. So going into the championships, what are your expectations? Oh, I would love a medal. That would be lovely. But, you know, um, whatever happens there, I would love um, to have a 50% Brit final, as we spoke about. That would be amazing. Yeah, I just don't even... It's not that I've made the team, obviously, I'm so happy, but I want to go to the Europeans and do well. Um, I don't, I'm not just happy with getting my GB vest. I, I want to do well at the Europeans. So, you know, just whatever I need to do between now and then to get there would, is the main thing. So we spoke um, on the podcast about how you've yeah. done a lot of 400 training over yeah. the winter, and obviously that strength is shown in your 200 metres now. Yeah. And in view to maybe doing the 400 metres is that for you put on the back burner for now I don't want to do it no more (laughs) who wants to put themselves through that when they can do all right at the two no I think I will um, as a relay because I think if you're a sprinter you're either going to have to go down to the 4x1 or 4x4 Um, and I definitely don't think I'm going to make it in the 4x1 team so you know um, a 4x4 would be something I would do Um, but yeah just I don't know how I don't want to put a limit on myself over the two so you know maybe next year I'll do some more twos hopefully get my time down I'm here with Britain's newest sprint sensation Reese Prescott Um, in the last year, you've won two British titles, you made the world final, you won a Diamond League, you won that very, very slightly windy 988. Um, can you believe how quickly all this has happened? To be honest, I'm not, I'm not really that surprised. Um, you know, me and my coach have got a lot of plans and a lot of things that will happen. Um, but, you know, we just take it race by race and I'm performing under pressure, I execute my race as well. So I feel like for me, it's just kind of now, I made my kind of my name last year, but this year is definitely just a new, fresh meaning and I'm just getting, getting on the business really. It's not different. Um, Talking of new, we're coming up to the European Championships, which you, of course, just qualified for. Um, we've had good sprinters in Europe this year. You know, Jimmy Ficot's run fast, um, Torto's run fast. Mm-hmm. But you're going in as maybe one of, if not the favourite. Is that something you're sort of taking on board? Yeah, obviously. Going into the European Champs is going to be a good chance. Berlin will be really, really fun. 
But in terms of, you know, I don't tend to like follow the hype over everybody else. I feel like, like we said, everyone knows that I'm a racer. Um, I perform each race, so I feel like when I get to Europeans, such when nothing happens, but I'll just take it first round, second final, and then the final just give it my all, and hopefully that'll come away with a medal, but we've just got to see, really. Cool, well, I'm sure the medal is definitely like, on the cards. Um, just quickly, of course, we've got a slight problem in the relay team this year. Danny isn't in it from last year. Yeah, yeah. Is that something that you're looking to do? I'd definitely love to be involved in a relay. I'm obviously on a relay programme, but again, it's um, obviously down to British Athletics where they pick, and in terms of like, selection and battle skills, I've got to kind of learn a bit, but hopefully I'll definitely be involved in some, somehow, some way, but I've just got to kind of speak to them and find out where they want me and what's going on because it's all different it's, a lot, it's not just you know the four fastest guys run it's a team chemistry it's team running and a lot of the guys are more experienced than me at the moment but we, I feel like I'm definitely going to be integrated with the team at some point so it's just a matter of when so it's something you are looking to do in the future yeah definitely I definitely want to I feel like you know being in London last year and seeing the guys win the medal I was really happy for the moment for them so it's definitely something I'd like to do but it's just a matter of time really. boys we really really know our stuff this week I think what it's been this week Oh, sorry. <laughs> Apart from the names, the names oh. have been atrocious. <laughs> but I think that goes to show that European champs, much like the Commonwealths, I think people tend to just talk about the Worlds and talk about mm. the Olympics. But when you get down to the nitty-gritty, there are loads of really intriguing contests coming up. And also, we're talking about people who aren't like the number one, number two mm. in the world. We're talking about great competitions between people who are maybe fifth and sixth in the world, and maybe we haven't had cause to say their name too often. Like, <laughs> like the... Um, uh, Italian high jumper whose name I promised to know precisely no, listen, no one can say that <laughs> no one can say her name we only, and we only had to learn it last week so give us time and you know what the cherry on the cake is, is Valotigara 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 what I, makes this all the better is that these athletes will be stepping out of the circle out of the pit off the track and into the welcoming embrace of one of our favourite reporters in athletics Absolutely. because I'm so happy that she is getting all the big gigs these days we did a Sprint Queen special um, last a couple of weeks back and there was one I thought notable absence mm. um, and we didn't include her because we had so many interviews but also I wanted to talk to her about something different that she's been doing recently and so I had a lovely lovely chat with Jeanette Quachi Hi this is Sandy Morris and you're listening to the Backstreet Boys. I'm here with a lady who I'm, I'm told your official new title is The New Phil. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Jeanette Quarchi, um, wel- welcome to the Backstreet Boys. Thanks for having me, finally. Finally, exactly. It's taken us a while, hasn't it? it um, has. Now, you had a pretty, you know, pretty great sprint career. You made the Olympic final. You um, got a world indoor silver, um, which was, you know, great for British sprinting at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how did you find yourself in this new position that you're doing right now? Well, um, leading up to 2012, unfortunately, unfortunately for me, I just had massive amounts of injury. It was just such a challenging time for me. Um, right up until the 11th hour with London 2012. In fact, you know, just weeks before, I had to make myself unavailable for selection because I was just completely unfit. Um, but what that then did was open a couple of doors in terms of broadcasters at the time who were scrambling around for any type of athlete to give comment or to to help with with coverage of the Olympic Games in London so I got approached by quite a few of them and did a little bit um with everybody actually Sky BBC I think Channel 4 Channel 5 everything everyone and um in the end um I just decided that London wasn't going to ever happen again that kind of drive and commitment that I was so focused towards wasn't going to happen again so I made the decision to retire um but 
the main catalyst for me was the taste I got of working in the media and loving the journalism side of things. And um, yeah, I decided that that was probably going to be the next path for me. Um, and I ended up going to do my uh, NCTJ, which is the official qualification for journalists. And um, off the back of that, just kind of worked my way up. And I found myself in a position now whereby, you know, I'm living the dream. Very, very lucky to be able to do what I'm doing at the minute. So was journalism something you'd thought about doing before the London Games coming along and the opportunities or were you sort of drawn into it through that through that experience? No, it definitely was. Journalism was something that I decided that I wanted to do from a very young age, actually. Um, in fact, not a lot of people know, but before I made the decision to pursue athletics properly, when I was around about 1920, I applied for a job at um, BBC Radio One Extra when they just launched the radio station and it was to be part of the Newsbeat journalist team. And... Um, it was between that and actually taking up athletics and I went to go and seek some advice from a well-respected journalist in the industry called Rodney Hines and he said to me I'd be absolutely mad if I didn't try and and be a competing competitive professional athlete journalism will always be there later so you know 15 years after that conversation you know I'm in a position now where I can say that I'm you know into my second career which um which i love which i've pursued so that was a good good career advice from from them um, yeah it was in the end <laughs> so o- over the years and you know you know you know how the fans can be and how people have kind of really been picked apart with the role before you know it can be seen as kind of a, a thankless role um yeah. were, were you nervous before taking it on absolutely i was so so nervous it's funny actually because i never really saw myself in the role um, and then when Phil retired, I had a couple of people tweet me and, you know, one or two people in the industry say, have you thought about it? And it hadn't actually crossed my mind. That, that's the reality, because it's one of those roles where you just kind of look and think, wow, Phil's going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. You never really think that he's going to retire or he's going to say he wants to try something different. So when... Um, it took some time for me to actually think to myself, actually, you know what? Why not? Let me shoot my shot. Let me go for it. And um, I had a few conversations with some people at the BBC. Um, and I knew that for me to really put my best foot forward, I had to show them that I'd been really grafting since I retired, but I was still very much in love with the sport. And it's something that I want to be able to do. And I feel like it's a role that I'm going to grow into. Um, I don't have all the answers yet. No way. Absolutely not. Because it's such a challenging and exposed role. Like, it's great now because, you know, I've had a few competitions and they've gone well and I've had great feedback. But there are going to be days where I'm going to have an absolute nightmare. Absolute nightmare. Things aren't going to go the way that the athlete planned, that I planned, you know, production planned. And it may not come together the way people would like to see that on TV. And I will be the face where you know I'll get the blame for that so I have to be ready for that um I think I used to be one of those people you know was sat there shouting at the tv (laughs) (laughs) when uh, people were asking stupid questions etc but now I have a bit more sympathy having like not not done it live on tv but I've certainly done it like in the mix zone talking to athletes and what sort of giving a bit of background to people listening in um you don't know who's going to win the race you know often people you often if you are in the mix zone or on the track you don't even get to see the race you don't get to see the results you don't get to see the the start times or like um you know what actually happened in the race you 
can't you can't see everything and then you're yeah. someone's brought to you they're dumped in front of you you may not even know their name they may not yeah. be a very eloquent person anyway and then you've got to ask them questions about something which you're not fully versed on and which they are tired and you know emotional and yeah. don't necessarily yeah. have many good answers <laughs> for um, so sort of t- talk to us about that how, how do you cope in a situation where you oh. know as you say you know as i say often you haven't actually seen the race properly have you yeah in a nutshell everything you said is absolutely correct but the one thing i'll add to that is you've got 90 seconds to get something out of them (laughs) like live tv is not a joke you should never underestimate the stress of live television because you're working to account you're working to a producer and a director in your ear whilst you've got the noise in the stadium and the athlete who is perspiring exhausted emotional in front of you I think to add to that the fact that me being a former athlete I'm well aware of the emotion that's pumping through their body five minutes after they've crossed the line so what makes it even more challenging for me is that if it's somebody that I'm invested in for example one of the female sprinters and I'm desperate for them to do well if they don't do well the conversation is not only hard for them but it's really hard for me because in my head I've bigged you up you've already got that medal around your neck but actually oh god I've now got to ask you it hasn't gone the way you wanted it to and I know the feeling you just want to walk off you want to just either walk off or restart the whole last 10 minutes all over again so it's trying to tap into that whilst understanding actually there is an audience at home who are desperate to find out what the hell has just happened here. You know, we've all been invested in your performance here. You haven't delivered. We want to know why. And as an athlete, you can't always articulate that at that particular point. So it's then my job to ask the questions to probe you into giving a response that is worthy at that particular time period then as an athlete as you move through the mix zone and you know, come across guys like yourself or come across the radio guys you've probably had a little bit more time to think about it and give an answer that's a little bit more eloquent and maybe get your emotions in check but the first point of call is me and that's a very challenging job for anyone no matter how experienced you are i think especially for you because you must know a lot of these people you know you're still yeah. involved in the sport you're not that long long retired so a lot of the teammates people were probably you, you knew at the time it's all very yeah, well if they very come across so. the, if they come across the line with a gold medal that's great but if they've had a horrible disappointment then you've got to speak to them it must be hard when you actually know them really really hard like one of the hardest interviews I'd done during the Commonwealth Games was Andrew Potsey um, because he'd had an amazing indoor season absolutely phenomenal indoor season didn't have the greatest um, Commonwealth Games and in my head you know when I was doing all my stats and swatting up on Andrew ahead of the Commonwealth Games I was thinking right could he be the, one of the um, the first athletes to win, you know, back to back championships in the in the shortest amount of time. That's what I was trying to work out. Things like that in my head, he'd already won the gold, and then it didn't happen for him. He didn't know why at that particular moment. He probably knows why now, but it was really hard for him to articulate himself and say, "This is the reason why." it hasn't worked out and that's a challenge as it was with Asha Phillip at the Commonwealth Games and I watched it back just yesterday going through some of my interviews ahead of the Europeans and watching Asha back was really tough for me because I know that feeling as a female sprinter and she couldn't even look at me during our interview and that is a level of disappointment where I've known Asha since she was 17 so it was really hard for her to have that conversation with someone that she knows really well 
but then hard for me because I have to get it out of you, Asher. I have to find out oh, why this hasn't gone according to plan. So knowing the team can help, but at the same time, you know, I can't be too sympathetic to to the cause. You've had a bit of a baptism of fire, I suppose, in, for, the, um, for this <laughs> role. There's been so much athletics on this year. World Champs, yeah. World Indoors, Commonwealth, um, World Cup, Trials, you know, there's numerous Diamond Leagues, etc. Um, now, I know in the past, we've had you know, various people did the role. Um, Phil's done it for an awful long time. Before that, we had um, Sally Gunnell, I remember, when she first started. Yeah. She was literally just given a, a, a microphone and thrust onto the stage. And to be fair, she was pretty bad, but she knows this, you know, because she had no training. Yeah. whatsoever were you mm-hmm. sort of prepared by the bbc is there like a process you go through well for this particular role i think all my training and preparation has come from the last five five six years where i've been working very hard in other sports you know getting my skill set up in different areas so for many people that would be listening and don't know i i started my craft at bbc berkshire local radio worked through to bbc london sports show i'd be going to you know non-league league two football games and reporting and working on games like that off the back of that i go up to um working with sky sports doing feature pieces sitting in edits so it's very much a holistic approach for me where i had to understand before i'm even ready to to be on air on camera in a live environment I need to know how things work in all areas so I'm confident enough to be able to deliver a live two minute interview after a race the same way I would be doing a one and a half three minute bulletin live on air everything has to kind of come together so unfortunately for someone like Sally she's coming straight off of an athletics career with no journalistic training no journalistic background you will struggle because it's not a role a for the faint-hearted or a role for somebody who hasn't had the journalistic training at least a little bit of it to understand the nuances of what might actually happen in that mix zone yeah, I mean, I remember feeling bad for her at the time because it was clear that she was unprepared yeah. and it really wasn't her fault. Do you know what I mean? She, she'd been given no, a role yeah. which she hadn't been pro- properly trained for. Um, now, have you looked back at the other people who have done it? I know from a fan's perspective, and everyone knows what I'm going to say now, that the best ever yes. was Chris Cahill. I think we discussed this the other yeah. day. She was just yeah. phenomenal. She was brilliant. Yeah. She asked all the questions that we were sat at home asking for. Now, I remember speaking to you a couple of weeks back and you said you'd been looking back at some of the past people, but you couldn't actually find any footage of I her. I couldn't find that? any footage of Is it Christine Boxer? I can't yeah. find any footage of her, which is re- a real shame. But, you know, I'm going to have to look a bit harder. I'm going to go into the archive and really, really have a look. A lot of the stuff that I've got is probably from the last 10 years. And Phil Jones has been doing... He did it from 2006. Right. So, you know, my whole... Pretty much my whole senior... Um, athletics career was Phil Jones. I didn't really have any interaction with Sally. I was, would have been way too young. So I remember when I was first offered the role for this season, and um, the first person I called was Phil Jones. You know, I called him. I said, Phil, this is what's been offered to me. Before I even think about doing this seriously properly, I need to see you. <laughs> and we sat down for a good two hours. And whether you liked him or not, he is a journalist. He is a man who has done the role for a long time, very well respected by the athletes. And I just needed to see what it was about the role I would potentially find challenging, but needed to hear it from his perspective and his viewpoint. And that was really important for me. So um, I studied Phil, massively studied Phil, studied him before I went to Com Games. Um, still now, you know, I'll go through interviews. We talk about some of the, the classic interviews that he's done and, you know, the most recent ones that he's done, you know, last year World Championships with, with um, 
Wade Vandenkirk is one that stuck out with me. You know, Wade walked off, he was crying, he came back and he spoke to Phil and it's stuff like that. You rarely get to see or hear the behind the scenes story. So it's fascinating to me. I'm a geek at heart like that. So this is what you're doing for the moment and it feels a great, great fit for you. You know, as a former athlete and a trained journalist, you know, this feels like a great fit for you. But do you have ambitions in other areas? I think you're trained sort of in all sports really, aren't you? But is athletics where you yeah, want to stay? pretty much, pretty much. My main, my main two sports are athletics and football. Um, women's football, men's football. So hopefully for the rest of the season, I'll be doing, doing some football. Um, I'd love to try, you know, working on other Olympic sports. When I was at the Commonwealth Games, um, BBC got me doing a bit of uh, weightlifting, a bit of basketball, Basketball. So I love sport. You know, I'm a fan. I have been a fan since I was a kid. Um, if you give it to me and, and I can digest it, I'll be able to tell you a story about it. And that's kind of a skill that I cherish very much. So, um, you know, alongside my sport, I do a little bit of news. Some of you may have seen me on Channel Five News. So random. But, but we also again... saw you. We saw you did that great <laughs> report on the on the One Show, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so stuff like that. So I do try and I do try and you know spice it up a little bit I think it's important to to have that diverse skill set across the board and um, really important for me actually and I think that what what a lot of athletes tend to forget is that we can't really just be a one-trick pony you've really got to think about all the other areas that you could diversify into because the difference between being a reporter and a pundit a pundit can be replaced and will be replaced. If you're a decent reporter in sport, you can be there for God knows how long. So I think that's kind of how, I've, how I see it. So you're, you're the new Phil at the moment, but one day you're going to be the new Gabby, is that right? Ah, oh, that would be lovely, wouldn't it? She's, <laughs> she's a dream, but I don't know if I could... Uh... <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. <laughs> um, you haven't been doing it long, but do you have a favourite interview so far? I loved Beth Dobbin at the British Championship. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> she was my fave. <laughs> She was my favourite at the championships because that had everything. Like as a fan, I know I know that you love that race. I know many of the fans love that race because she come in and she's just so green. And there's something about a brand new athlete coming in who has no idea of their ability. And then when they shock themselves, it's just the most beautiful thing to see. So, you know, she storms through literally on the line from Bianca who I love and I was gutted that Bianca didn't win but at the same time over the moon for this girl Beth who I'd never seen in action like I did that weekend um I know her coach really well Leon so of course I was ecstatic for him but she didn't know where she'd come she genuinely did not know she'd won that race but I could see it I saw that she got um the better of B on the line and then it was when the result was announced and it was her genuine reaction to jump on me (laughs) it was just like oh my god she is a little dream she's amazing and she spoke so well and she's so enthusiastic and she loves it and I think that you know it's really easy as an athlete to sometimes become so tainted in the sport when you've been doing it for so long you get a little bit upset and angry at the world with certain things but she's in a great space right now and she should just really enjoy it and I think our interview really reflected that and I just can't wait to see what she does at European. Hi I'm Greg Rutherford and you're listening to the Back Straight Boys. You're a pro aren't you? Well you know. <laughs> oh, 
I've known Jeanette for a long, long time. In fact, coming back from the trials um, the other week, I sat on the train all by myself, book out on the train, ready to go, and then she came along and sat at the table with me, oh. and we had a, we basically sorted athletics out. An hour and a half. <laughs> James Rhodes, um, um, Atletico James Rhodes also joined us, and we spent like an hour and a half, two hours, sorting athletics out. If only the IWF had been listening, you know, everything <laughs> would, would be fine by now. But I know I say in the interview, um, but I'm sure most of you agree, what a great job she's doing, you mm. know. And it's a hot, it's a terrible job. It's, you know, it's, it's a lovely job, but it's a terrible job in that we, it's so open for criticism. You know, we all think we know better, don't we? And having done a bit of this now, not on live TV, but done it in a mix zone with a microphone in your hand with someone coming towards you, it's frankly terrifying yeah. sometimes, you know. <laughs> I've forgotten really, really famous people's names, you know. <laughs> I once had Usain Bolt literally brought to me past the whole mix zone <laughs> we just knew the guy who he literally brought and plonked him in front of me at which point your mind goes totally <laughs> blank you know so I totally respect what she's doing she's doing such a good job it's a really hard job and so many people before her have failed so I couldn't be happier that you know, how well it's going for her Hi I'm Barbora Špotákova and you're listening to a Backstreet Boys Jeanette's getting tons of positive feedback, but if we're allowed to blow our own trumpet for just oh. a moment, so is the pod. Very good trumpet impression. Oh, was that supposed to be a trumpet? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> We've had some really, really lovely reviews in recently, which mean a lot. And also, as we always say that we'll do and always forget to do, we owe a couple of people prizes. Mm. So I've picked out two. Can we have two this week? And we can. We've got a lot of new, got a lot of new stash, haven't we, from the World Cup? Of course. And from the, and from the um, Diamond League. So just to whistle through them, um, thank you to everyone who's left a review. We've just picked out two. It's really difficult picking them sometimes. And if you haven't left a review, please do. But uh, Malma4 has given us five stars and said a must. I've just listened to the Sprint Queen edition. Amazing. These guys and gal get the big names. I love this podcast so much. What I'm looking forward to is the predictions for Berlin. Champs preview. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Malma. Well, he did that just in time, didn't he? And finally, from... uh, I think it's meant to say Warriors, but it's got all sorts of funky typography in it. But you're one of our biggest fans on Twitter and apparently on Apple Podcasts as well. I won't read the whole thing because it's long, but it is lovely. Um, I think we can sum it up pretty much with the title, which is Journalising at its best. Yay! Journalising! <laughs> Thank you. Please drop us a line on Twitter. We'll give you a DM, get your address off you and send you some goodies. Like I said, we really do appreciate your thoughts. So thank you very much for listening into the Backstreet Boys one more time. Next time will be from Berlin. <gasps> Quite a lot of Backstreet Boys content next week. And if not, just follow us on Twitter. Where would you where would you do that, Jodie? At <laughs> <laughs> at Backstreet B. And you can find me at Claire underscore G Thomas. So that's it from us this week. Um, don't forget to rate and review, and you too may have some prizes. But until then, see you in Berlin. Bye. How do we design? Is that the right word? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Let's work it out. Goodbye. No, Farewell. I'll be saying goodnight. Yeah, yeah exactly. perfect. So the pod has gone to bed, and so was me. Bye. Sorry, this has gone really bad. I'm so, <laughs> so multilingual. I'm chopping that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>